to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, all good, thank you. I've completed the migration from short sleeves to woolies and thermals, which for me means that football is well and truly underway. Winter is coming. Well, last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been this past seven days? Yeah, all good, thank you, Dan. Again, another win for Spurs, which is always pleasing. Um, Not so great to see Arsenal sat top of the Premier League and uh, now a couple of points clear, but uh, obviously so much football to be played over the next couple of weeks and... uh, Let's hope that changes. Absolutely. Right, that's all the intros out of the way, so let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag, and who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? Let's look at Thursday night's Premier League action. And first up, we're off to Craven Cottage as Fulham play host to Aston Villa. James, Fulham haven't won any of their last three league outings. Can they return to winning ways on Thursday? Well, if you could hand-pick an opponent at present, Aston Villa wouldn't be far off the top of the wish list, would they? Stephen Gerrard's men have won just twice in 13 Premier League games now. And despite some flashes against Chelsea. They haven't really provided a sustained attacking presence for quite some time now. And although Fulham are struggling for consistency, the one constant in the last seven or eight games has been their ability to find the net, which is why I give them the edge here just about. The Westlanders have also beaten Villa in five of the last six meetings at the cottage. So 19 to 10, a click short of two to one, looks like brilliant value for a home punt. While Jamie, Aston Villa saw their run of four unbeaten league outings come to an end on Sunday. The pressure is mounting on Steven Gerrard. At odds of 6-4, to four, would you be backing the away win to make life a little easier for the former Rangers boss? Yeah, well, look, I was, firstly, I was quite surprised to see that Aston Villa had gone those four games unbeaten. I mean, especially you consider kind of the way it's been going for them, the pressure that has been on Steven Gerrard. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was obviously quite surprising. I think in fairness as well, I think they were quite unfortunate maybe not to get something from that Chelsea game. I think it was kind of the heroics of, of Kepa that, that kind of um, kept Chelsea with the three points. So, Unlucky to not get something there. I mean, you also look at Fulham as well. Obviously, it was a strong start for them to, uh, originally. The last couple of matches have maybe been... We've seen a bit of a drop-off for them. They've lost three of their last four matches as well. So, obviously, both teams kind of coming into this one in, in real mixed form. Um, but I, I think kind of given the fact that both have a very similar record this season, um, I think it's just Fulham have got one more win than uh, Aston Villa. So, I think this one's very even and uh, that's why I do think this will kind of play out as a draw this one. So uh, I think it's fairly nicely priced at, at 23 to 10 um, for a draw here. So that's the way I would go here. Yeah, I mean, it would be a solid point for Aston Villa. I know what you mean, Jamie, in terms of Villa's unbeaten run. It didn't really feel like one. Maybe the worst kind of four-match unbeaten run that we've ever really seen because it didn't exude confidence from the camp. Even with avoiding defeat, Aston Villa seemed to be in more trouble. So... 
yes, they made the rod for their own back on Sunday. That disaster of a start when Toro Mings set up Mason Mount inadvertently. So this is going to be a game they need to win. If we were to record next week's show, Stevie G might be out of a job. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because, James, we need to come back to the goals. 2.5 is what I'm going to offer you. It's been the case in Fulham's last eight league outings. Would you back more of the same at 10 to 11? Or will Villa not bring enough goals themselves to the party in midweek? Yeah, that's my concern too. Dan Ollie Watkins up top for Villa has tailed off quite dramatically in recent weeks and months. You then got Danny Ings, who's been in and out of the sides. And as I touched on last week, Philip Coutinho has proved to be a pretty terrible signing. And I think one that will ultimately take Stephen Gerrard down. I've got no worries about Fulham picking up a goal or two. They've scored in each of the last eight in the league. But Villa make this a very tough one to back. One would suggest a few in that side are do a goal, but I'm still reluctant to touch it odds on. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. Jamie, there's no doubt that Fulham are a different beast when Alexander Mitrovic is in the team. He scored again at the weekend against Bournemouth. Another 6-4 to four shout, this time in the anytime goal market. Is that price too short for you? I don't think so at the moment. He seems pretty nailed on to score each time he plays. I mean, we saw him on the weekend take his total to seven goals in nine for the season. You know, again, a very impressive record, obviously following on from that unbelievable season in the Championship. Um, but obviously now faces the Villa side of, of conceding an average of 1.6 goals. They're away from home this season. So obviously not a side that, that have been conceding goals away from home. So I think given the form that he's in, as I mentioned, with those seven goals in nine, you, you probably would look to back this one again to, to, for him to get on the score sheet. Now next up, we go to the King Power on the same Thursday as Leicester play host to Leeds. Now James, the entertainment factor was incredibly low at the weekend as they drew with Palace. Will the entertainment factor be just as low on Thursday? How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, the wet paint on my bathroom walls is looking very appealing for pretty much all of that King Power clash last weekend. But I do perhaps have a bit more hope here. Both sides could do with three points to give themselves a bit of a leg up in their fight to stave off any relegation chatter. But one thing getting in the way for the Foxes is the suspension of James Madison after a fifth yellow card of the season last weekend. Leeds, meanwhile, have scored just once in the last four and a half hours of league football. So the outlook for this one isn't particularly great. It's a classic battle in the head of what the stats suggest will happen and what I instinctively think might unfold. This fixture screams goals to me for one reason or another. So I like overs at 8 to 11 and I fancy Leicester to edge it with both teams scoring at 16 to 5. Now, Jamie, going into this game, Leeds haven't won any of their last six and are starting to slide down the table. Can they rest that slide on Thursday? Would you be confident in backing them odds of two to one? Yeah, I, I think at the moment that the problem for Leeds is they're obviously playing some good football. It's just the fact they're not getting results. Obviously, again, on the weekend, very unlucky not to get something from that Arsenal game. Um, so, obviously, the signs are good and, uh, you know, and, and maybe the signs are good that they can eventually get these performances. But kind of you look at the form they go into this one. I think it's kind of tricky um, to, to really back a side who are, you know, are yet to get an away win. Obviously, lost uh, three of their last four matches. Um, away from home as well. So it's it's kind of really tricky to back a win here for Leeds. Um, having said that, obviously, it's just one win all season for, for the Foxes still. So again, I'd probably be looking for a draw here. Um, I think especially you consider the fact that Leicester, they're going to be without uh, James Madison. Obviously, that's going to be kind of a worry for where goals and, and creativity is going to come from in their team. So um, yeah, I, I think given Leeds' poor form away from home, Leicester missing James Madison and obviously one win all season, I think this will play out as a draw, and uh, I think both teams will score as well. And you get a draw at both teams to score at 10 to 3. Now, James, you may just have alluded to what I'm going to ask you, but I've got a counterpoint to your earlier statement. Because when you look at Leicester, they conceded one goal in the last three league outings. So 
it's fair to say that Brendan Rodgers is slowly getting his defensive house in order. With that in mind, would both teams not scoring odds of 5-4 to four interest you? Potentially, although when you pick apart that three-game spell, you'd like to think that two clean sheets isn't beyond the side of Leicester's quality. They faced a poor Forest side, a Palace outfit that don't score many, and also lost against a Bournemouth team that it should probably be beating. They're scoreless in the last two as well, but I have greater doubts about Leeds keeping the back door shut. So if I was forced to punt here, I'd probably reluctantly just go with both teams scoring. Well, Jamie, if you were to have a glance at the first score at odds before Thursday, which picks are taking your eye before kickoff? Yeah, I mean, look, from a, firstly, from a Leicester perspective, I mentioned earlier just there with with James Madison missing. I think that could be a kind of a bit of a concern for them. Where the goals are going to come from and, and obviously creating chances as well. So maybe looking at this list, it's kind of difficult to pick where that first goal scorer is going to come from. But I'm actually going to go for a fairly bold selection here. I'm going to go for Lewis Sinistera, obviously. Leeds' new signing. We've seen him come in uh, to Ellen Road and made a pretty positive start. He's got two goals already this season. I thought he looked very impressive against Arsenal on the weekend. Um, so uh, I, I think this could be his moment on Thursday to, to get another goal. And uh, I'm going to go. He's actually at nine to one. So obviously uh, quite a, quite a long shot here. But uh, I, I, I thought I thought it was really impressive on the weekend, and uh, I can I can see him getting on the score sheet here. Yeah, I mean, there's not many options available. The usual picks of, I don't know, Pats and Daka, Jamie Vardy, even Kletchina and Nacho, they don't really fill me with confidence. So I feel in this game, you do have to look down the list and that's just as good a shout as any. But let's go bet building now because we are going to focus on Saturday evening's match between Chelsea and Manchester United. And we're going to look to construct another winning combo because last week we were just one goal short of getting another over the line, but we are two from four. So we're in the groove, shall we say. Which means, James, as always, I like an anytime goal scorer from you. Yeah, I'm going to go for Harry Kane. I'm only joking. I'm <laughs> this time. And I think Raheem Sterling is perhaps worth a play at 9-4. to four. His City connections mean he'll be keen to score against the Red Devils here. And with the United fullbacks, a bit of a weak spot. I think he's good value here. Fantastic. And Jamie, the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I'm gonna actually going to go for under 2.5 goals here. I think we've seen Graham Potter who's come in and done real wonders with this Chelsea defence. I think they've kept four clean sheets in a row now. Um, so I can kind of see Chelsea just about edging this one. I do think this will be a Chelsea win here. So, uh, But I think it's going to be a low-scoring one, especially given how good Chelsea have been recently in defence. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here. OK, I will go to... I think the corners have suited me well the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to m- move over to cards now. So Chelsea Man United... It's usually a feisty affair. It's usually good for at least a card each. So I feel that the referee is going to be busy on Saturday evening. I'm going to go for, yeah, at least a card each from either side. So that's yes in that market. And let's just recap now. James has gone for Raheem Sterling to score any time. Jamie's gone for under 2.5 total goals. And I've gone for both teams to receive at least a card. Odds of 12 to 1 when you combine it all together. That means £10 on the betting slip is hopefully £130 in your account come full time. I hope it gets over the line for you and I hope it gets over the line for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now because James, both teams play on the same night that we record. So we don't have a crystal ball. But if we were to leap forward to Saturday, how do you see this one panning out? I don't personally see a classic in this one. Chelsea have started well under Graham Potter and have been strong defensively, while United too are starting to show a bit of form at the back and have been conceding fewer than in the early reaches of the campaign. It's perhaps looked at by both managers as a game that neither can afford to lose. And with Chelsea being in Champions League action in midweek, you do wonder whether they may have half an hour on that one, despite the gravity of this fixture. So my gut says a draw here, a result that can be backed at 14-5. to five. Now, Jamie, we're... 
what, a month away from the World Cup. We've seen Reese James already ruled out of the tournament, not to mention Diego Jota and N'Golo Kante as well. So they're stacking up for Chelsea. They're probably going to stack up for other clubs. So with that in mind, are we going to see players holding back ever so slightly? And is that something we're going to have to factor in when it comes to pre-match betting? Well, I mean, you mentioned there some of the key players that have been picking up those injuries. So maybe that might be playing a bit of a factor for some players thinking, well, look, I don't want to end up like these, you know, like Sajota and Kante in, in picking up these injuries. But I, I don't think so particularly. I think maybe subconsciously players might be looking to kind of pull out of challenges. But I think that that's kind of as far as it will go. I think most players will kind of won't fully have the World Cup on their mind. They'll still be kind of fully focused on their club sides. I think Conte... An example of that was Conte was speaking midweek about Harry Kane. You know he's still fully committed, and uh, we we saw Harry Kane's performance on the weekend against Everton. He looked like a player totally committed to to being, um, you know, or getting the points for Spurs. Maybe there was times where, as I mentioned, he was was pulling out of challenges. I definitely noticed that on the weekend. There was times when you know he was it was uh, you know an Everton guy coming in towards him, big sliding tackle, and, and maybe he'd look to pull out, but. That's as far as I think it will go. I think most players will will very much still be focused on their club and uh, I don't think it will play too much of a factor. Now, James, Jamie's just gone for under 2.5 in our bet builder, but there have been over 2.5 goals in Chelsea's last five home matches. So do all roads lead to the same on Saturday? I'm with Jamie here. I don't think we're in for goals. As much as we'd like to see some fireworks in the late kickoff, I just can't see them under 2.5 goals has been a winner in all the last four meetings between the two. And they've all been draws as well. So that's a small clue into how this game tends to play out. It's a somewhat cagey affair. And I think this one will follow the trend. Well, Jamie, James has set you up very nicely there because he's right in saying that the last four league encounters have been draws. You can get 14 to 5 on a stalemate at Stamford Bridge. Are you taking it? Yeah, I think with this one, it obviously represents a pretty tricky run for Manchester United. Obviously, we saw them play Newcastle on the weekend. They have Spurs on the day of recording. Um, then, of course, you know, then that big game against Chelsea on the weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the game against Spurs, I think, is also going to be pretty taxing. I think that that's going to be a big one for them to to really have to get three points here. Obviously, dropping points against Newcastle, they might not fancy their chances of winning at Stamford Bridge. So, I think this is the game where they're really going to be focusing on against Spurs. So, you know, come Saturday, um, they will have um, maybe used kind of their energy for that one. Um, I, and again, I just think Chelsea seem to be clicking now under under Graham Potter. Um, so I, I, I mentioned, I think this will be a, a kind of a, a Chelsea win. I think it's going to be a, a, a slender Chelsea win here. But uh, yes, I'm going to go for the Blues to win this one. OK, then let's go to our long shot Akinex. We go anywhere in the world, odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go to the championship for this one. And uh, it is a clash between two sides who are looking to get promotion this year. Um, Sheffield United and Norwich. I'm going to go for a draw here. Um, I think at the moment, both teams, they're now winless in their last four, which is quite a surprise given their league positions. Um, Sheffield United, they're coming off the back of a thrill draw uh, with Blackpool on the weekend. That was obviously at home as well. Um, so I'm going to go for another draw here for them. Um, and uh, you can get that at 11 to 5. Fantastic. And James, what have you got up your sleeve? Well, I'm dropping into League One and I think Port Vale are worth a go this weekend. They've picked up wins away at Derby and Shrewsbury in recent weeks, plus some other decent results in there. And next up, they go to a Cambridge side that have lost four on the bounce. So I like two to one for the away win here. Fantastic. And my pick takes me to League Two as Carlisle play host to Leighton Orient. The O's bright start has faded somewhat while the Cumbrian outfit are unbeaten in their last nine league outings. And that's the current longest run in the division. Add the fact that Leighton Orient have picked up just two points on the last night on offer, and I'm backing the home win at odds of 19 to 10. 
And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up some more Premier League matches now. And next up, we go to Saturday lunchtime as Nottingham Forest play host to Liverpool. James, can Steve Cooper's men tap into a rowdy city ground crowd? Is 9-1 to big enough to get you on the upset train? Well, I think it's a point or two bigger than what it would have been had Liverpool not put in a quite brilliant display in beating Man City last Sunday. So when you look at it like that, 9-1 to does look a big price, but this Forest side just hasn't gelled yet. And I think it'd be fair to suggest that Steve Cooper doesn't yet know the best 11-man combination of this bloated squad. A price of 9-1 to for a home side suggests a pretty skinny away price, and that is the case here. Liverpool lurking at around the 1-4 to mark, which I wouldn't recommend touching, even if you thought it was coming in. 1-4 to is no value for a side that have been putting in some scratchy performances and also boasts plenty of injuries too so this is probably a fixture best avoided from a betting perspective of course Jamie Liverpool will hope that Sunday's win over Manchester City acts as the ignition spark for the rest of their season with that in mind how does a win to nil at 11 to 10 sound before the weekend yeah, well, I think the form certainly does suggest that. I think we saw on the weekend with Liverpool, they looked very impressive in defence against Manchester City. Obviously, keeping a clean sheet there. Virgil van Dijk kind of looking back to his best. I think he put in a number of really important challenges. Joe Gomez as well, I thought, put in another impressive performance there. So, you know, they look like they're kind of building a little bit at the back now. They also face a Nottingham Forest side who, you know, just the seven goals all season, one goal in their last four as well. So, you know, then, of course, a side who are not very prolific at the moment, obviously failed to score um, on uh, Tuesday night against Brighton as well. So uh, I, I do think this could well be the case again on the weekend. And uh, yeah, I, I think a win to nil does look like the way to go. Yeah, I think if you're going to try and find any value from the city ground, that's probably the direction of travel. But next up, let's go to the blue half of Merseyside as Everton play host to Crystal Palace. James, before recording, Everton have lost their last two Premier League outings. Can they dig out a win at odds of 6-4? to four? I certainly give them a sniff here. Yes, they've lost those last two games, but they did come up against Spurs and Manchester United. So we can forgive them for those defeats and their strength this season has been defensively and against a Palace side that looked short of ideas at Leicester last week you've got to fancy them to keep a clean sheet here which just means if they can find a way through the Palace defence then they should probably win but I'm not convinced they will and this could be a pretty drab one so I like the draw here at 23-10 to 10, and under 2.5 goals should come in as well at 8-11. to 11. While Jamie, Crystal Palace have failed to win any of their last six Premier League away outings. However, they've got seven points from the last nine. So, will the double chance at odds of one to two interest you at all? Yeah, I mean, look, they looked obviously impressive against uh, Wolves on Tuesday. We saw Eze and uh, Zaha getting on the score sheet. But you did mention there, they've got that poor away record. And uh, I actually think they do face a, a pretty decent evidence side. James mentioned those two last... You know, games for them have been against Man United and Tottenham, so you can forgive them for losing those two games. Um, but they, look, they've been a, a side who have been maybe tricky to break down, even for Spurs. I think we saw in that first half, really struggled to kind of score past them. So uh, I, th I think this could be the case here. Yeah, I'd actually be leaning more towards um, Everton here. Um, so I'd, I'd, I think this is probably one I'd look to avoid. Let's go to the Etihad now, as Manchester City have the midweek programme off, so they should be refreshed before Brighton visit on Saturday. James, what is the tail of the tape in this one? Well, this one looks like a regulation home win, doesn't it? Brighton haven't really got out neutral under new boss Roberto De Zerbi, but in fairness, the Italian has had a tough start to life in the Premier League as far as fixtures go. City, too, are a wounded animal after that Liverpool defeat, so I fancy them to fly out the traps quickly here. Pep's men 
have won 10 of the last 11 meetings, including all of the last six at the Etihad. And look at those wins as well. And five of them had clean sheets to boot. So you've got to be on the home win to nil here. It's even money. That looks like a stonkingly good price to me, especially when you consider Brighton's recent lack of goals if five blanks in each of the last three. Well, Jamie, James has hit the nail right on the head because City are a wounded animal when they lose. And when they lose, they tend to follow it up with a big win. So can you see this being the case at the Etihad? What do you have as the over-under in terms of goals? Yeah, look, I do agree. Certainly, I think we'll see a big response from Man City here. I mean, maybe Brighton might not contribute to this one. I've been quite surprised, actually, in terms of creating so many chances. And they do look really good going forward. The issue is they just can't seem to kind of score goals at the moment. James mentioned that, that kind of that poor goal scoring record they've got at the moment. So I don't see them contributing from a Man City perspective. I definitely see them getting a couple of goals, certainly a number of goals here. Um, they've averaged a pretty big 4.8 goals uh, per game at home this season, which is obviously very impressive. So uh, I think I'll go for over 3.5 goals and the Man City win here and you get that at 13 to 10. Well, the reason that City have the midweek off is because Arsenal are entertaining PSV in the Europa League on Thursday. James, the Gunners have won their last seven matches in all competitions. Are you putting them down for number eight against the Dutch side? I think so. Mikel Arteta's team selections in the Europa League shows that he is still taking his competition seriously despite sitting top of the Premier League. And I think this side should have too much for PSV. One to two for the home win might put one or two off, but I don't think it's a bad price, really. PSV scored plenty of goals themselves, though, and I do still need some convincing on whether this Gunners defence is indeed the real deal. So I'll go with the home win and both to score double for a bit of value at nine to five. And as Dolly Parton would say, what a way to make a living. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Jamie, if you were to give me a result and both teams score suggestion before Thursday... What can you offer me and the listeners before the clash at the Emirates? Yeah, look, I, I think this one's actually going to be a very interesting contest. I think PSV, they do come in. I think they will certainly kind of uh, pose a challenge to Arsenal. Um, they're sat second in the area of visit at the moment. They've also got a man who's got more goal contributions this season than Erling Haaland in Cody Gakpo. He's got 13 goals and 11 assists this season. So kind of a real danger man, a guy who's looking to impress some of the top clubs around Europe. We obviously see him link with the likes of Manchester United over the summer. Um, he's 11-4 to to get on the score sheet any time on Thursday. So that could definitely be a good shout, given the form that he's been in. Um, but actually, I, I'm going to go for a draw here. Um, I, I really think this is going to be a really interesting one. Um, I think Arsenal squad as well. One big um, thing I have with Arsenal at the moment is, you know, kind of are they going to be able to consistently keep this form up? given maybe their squad is, is a little bit light. And uh, I think their, their squad will be a bit tested here on Thursday. And uh, given the form of PSV, um, I'm going to go for a draw and both teams to score and you get that at 4-1. Right, let's stay with Arsenal, actually, because they travelled to Southampton on Sunday. So, James, the Saints ended their run of defeats at the weekend. Can they hold the Gunners up on the south coast? Or is the away win odds of 11-20 the logical conclusion here? Yeah, you'd probably have to fancy Arsenal, but I think 11-20 to 20 is a bit too short for them, despite some impressive performances. They were a similar price at Leeds last weekend, and they made hard work of that one, so I perhaps recommend waiting for some better Arsenal value to come around if you think they'll stick around in this title race. It's also worth bearing in mind that the Saints have won two of the last three at home against the Gunners, so this has the look of a banana skin to me, and one that I'll probably be ducking this weekend. Well, Jamie, we have been keeping a close eye on the next manager to go odds. And at the time of recording, Ralph Hartenhutel has moved out to 8-1. to one. So do you think his odds have changed due to the ongoing issues with Steven Gerrard at Villa Park? 
Yeah, well, I, th- I think the other thing as well with, with Hazenuto at Southampton, they always seem very reluctant to kind of part ways with him as well. We've all also seen him, you know, several times kind of look like he's on the verge of being sacked and he's, he's managed to kind of turn it around. So um, it does look like he is, is a guy who will get that opportunity to kind of pick up form. Um, I think with Aston Villa, they're obviously a club who are incredibly ambitious. We saw that over the summer with some of the signings they made and obviously an, an, a very ambitious appointment anyway with, with Steven Gerrard in the first place. So, you know, clearly that, that club is, is run by people who are very ambitious and maybe have different expectations to that of Southampton. So um, I think as well with this fixture against Arsenal, I don't think that Hasenhutl will be judged on this kind of if he was to lose. Maybe unless we saw another or a third 9-0 defeat. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably unlikely at this stage. So um, yeah, I, th- I think for now, Hasenhut was just about safe. Well, in terms of the Premier League title landscape before the midweek action, Arsenal are now down to 6-1 to one in terms of outright odds. James, when you consider how much football is still to be played, is this the last bit of value that you'll get from this bet? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. The bookies still clearly think this Arsenal side aren't quite ready to have a proper go at the title. And 6-1 to one is very much reflective of that. That price will only come down with more victories. But I think bookies will be reluctant to take value out of Arsenal's price if it means having to pump some of that value back into Man City, who still remain overwhelming favourites for the title in my book. The champions currently around 3-10 to 10 to win the title. So still plenty of faith there that Pep Guardiola and co. will get a stranglehold on this title race in the months to come. And at this stage, I am inclined to agree. Now, Jamie, betting aside, and I guess you have to take your Tottenham hat off as well, do you honestly think Arsenal can win the title now that they have a four-point gap over Manchester City and Tottenham? Dare I say, is this now a three-horse race at the same time? Well, look, look, on paper, I think Arsenal have been really impressive and I think they are a side who are kind of really closing that gap on Manchester City in terms of quality. Um, I th- again, I mentioned earlier, I think the issue for Arsenal might be kind of that squad depth. We saw last season, they looked almost nailed on to kind of finishing that top four, given the running they had. But there are one or two injuries. I think it was Thomas Partey and Kieran Tini who, who picked up knocks and uh, it almost unravelled for them. So, um, yeah, I think that that could be something to kind of look out for with Arsenal. You know, do they have that depth? Do they have that same consistency as Manchester City? Um, but for me, I just think that Manchester City just are going to be so consistent this year. Um, I, I just think over the course of the re- remainder of the season, they will be too strong for either Spurs or Arsenal. I think as well for Spurs... To, to kind of be playing in that Champions League and having at the Premier League and having those two big games uh, or two big games each week, I think that that's going to be really taxing for them. And that, that for me, does definitely puts them out of the title race. Um, so, for me, Manchester City are still very much the favourites here. So, I, th- I think there's still question marks over this Arsenal team. So, yeah, Manchester City is, is still definitely my favourites. Yeah, I think the World Cup's going to be the great disruptor in all of this. Fitness is going to be key in January, all that kind of stuff. Erling Haaland, not even at the World Cup, so he's going to be cryogenically frozen over those weeks and months, isn't he? So it's going to be a fascinating second half of the season. As long as Arsenal don't win it, I don't mind if Spurs don't, but if Arsenal do win it, oh dear, I don't want to think about it. Anyway, let's move on, because I like a correct score bet from you both now, and it doesn't matter where it is in the world, I just want that outcome spot on. So Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for a really exciting clash in Italy uh, for this one. I'm going to go the, for the game between uh, Napoli and Roma. Um, I think both teams, they come into this one in great form. Napoli, of course, they're top of the table. 
won six in a row now. Roma, they've won four of their last five. But uh, I do think Napoli will just about edge this one. Um, they've just been so impressive this season and, and probably um, the, the kind of the surprise package in, in Europe's top five leagues this season. Um, I'm going to go for them to win uh, 2-1 here against Roma. Um, yeah, that's going to be my pick. And James, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go for the board draw between Everton and Crystal Palace. Neither side provide too much on the entertainment front and with decent defences on both ends of the pitch. I can't see this one being high on drama. Nil-nil in the correct score market is available at 9-1. to one. Lovely stuff. And of course, check out freebets.com for the latest betting tips and insight ahead of this weekend. Right, there's a few more Premier League headlines to mop up now. And next up, we go to Leeds versus Fulham. James, both teams play on a Thursday, but how does this one pan out on Sunday? Yeah, that sounds like a really rubbish knockoff of a Craig David single there, Dan. But yeah, this certainly has a look of a game with goals. You've got a lead side that struggle for clean sheets coming up against a Fulham outfit boasting an Alexander Mitrovic who fancies chances of scoring. But the Cottagers too haven't been all that reliable at the back. With that in mind, I do like both teams scoring here at 4-6. But aside from that, this fixture looks like hard work when it comes to picking a winner. I think home advantage will be vital for Leeds though, who have the recent bragging rights in this fixture actually. They've won all of the last four. So on balance, I just give this one the Yorkshireman and the home win looks worth a go to me at 11-10. to Well, Jamie, Leeds have won the last two Premier League meetings, so that's obviously what James has just alluded to there. There's also been over 2.5 goals in each. Would the same bet interest you, odds of 2-1? to Yeah, I'm going to go maybe in in slightly different direction from James, and I will go for the draw here. I think we've seen it is just one defeat in five uh, at Lynn Road for Leeds this season, so I don't see Fulham going there and getting the win. Um, but at the same time, I think you, you just have to factor in. It's no win in six for Leeds at the moment. They just don't look like a side who, who look capable of kind of getting over the line and getting those three points at the moment. Um, I mentioned earlier, they look like they're playing some good football and the signs are there that they can turn it around eventually. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be in this one. So I'm going to go for a draw here. Next up, Rotherham Molyneux as a managerless Wolves play host to Leicester. Three of the last six meetings have ended with under 1.5 goals. James, do you fancy a bit of this at 11-4? I think you've got to, haven't you? Not only are Wolves struggling for goals with just two in their last six, but Leicester have scored only once in three hours of football at the time of recording, of course. So all the ingredients marry up for a dull affair in the West Midlands. Leicester have let me down one too many times already on the pod this season. So I'm back in the win for Wolves by a one goal margin that you can pick up at three to one. I think time of recording is definitely going to be this week's episode name. I think, yes, that's it. That, I, do you know what? I was actually struggling for an episode name before the show because I usually have it set up. But that is the one. So time of recording is going to be the name. But let's move on, Jamie, because both teams are languishing at the wrong end of the Premier League table. Do you think there's going to be a victor on Sunday? And if so, which way does it go? Yeah, look, I'm going to go with James here. I do actually agree. I think we'll see a winner and uh, I do believe it will be Wolves. Um, Just one defeat at home for them all season. Um, They've obviously averaged as well uh, less than a goal conceded per game. So that's obviously not too bad as well. I mean, meanwhile, Leicester, they've lost all of their five away matches. So, um, yes, I'm going to go for a Wolves win here. I also like the look of a a Wolves win to nil and you can get that at uh, 11-4. Now we're off to the white half of North London next as Tottenham play host to Newcastle. James, Tottenham are unbeaten in their last eight home league outings. Can you see Newcastle ending that run on Sunday? Uh, probably not, but as is often the case with Newcastle, I don't think Tottenham will have it easy. The Geordies have made life difficult for the best side from the division this season. I think that may well be the case again here. That said, though, there were 5-1 and 3-2 wins for Spurs in this fixture last season, but 
Newcastle are much stronger at the back these days, although I think they might struggle to break through a pretty strong Tottenham defensive rank at the other end. So a Spurs win to nil is my shout here at 13-5, but I don't think it'll be many goals, maybe a 1-0 or 2-0 job. Well, Jamie, this is certainly a game that lends itself to goals. There's been at least four in the last three meetings home and away. What do you think the total would be at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, an interesting one. I'm going to agree with James here again, and I do think this will be a low score, obviously. You mentioned there, despite that kind of that head -head, recent head-to-head, um, I think from a Newcastle perspective, they're obviously, again, missing two of their main attackers in St. Maximin and um, Alexander Izak. Um, so I think it'll be kind of a case for them of maybe looking to get up there with a point. Um, I think this could be a tricky uh, evening for Spurs in terms of trying to break Newcastle down. We obviously saw that in, uh, f- um, from a Manchester United perspective on the weekend with that goalless draw against Newcastle at Old Trafford. Um, so, yeah, I-, I think this will be a Spurs win. Um, but I'm going to go for a Spurs win and under 2.5 goals at 15-4. Uh, to 4. Now, James, Brentford have failed to win any of their last five away Premier League outings. Can Aston Villa create more misery on the road for Thomas Frank's men out of 21-20? to 20, Or is this a bet that you are steering clear of? Yeah, the away form is certainly an issue for Brentford, but... They'll fancy their chances of picking something up here. This is a Villa side that are struggling for confidence and don't look like blowing anyone away in the goals department. So this will be seen as a real opportunity for Brentford to lay some foundations on the road. But I won't be going out of my way to back them out, right? Especially with that away rap sheet. It's impossible to make a case for either of these at present. But if I'm forced to back a winner, I go Brentford. And in cases like that, I usually go down the double chance route, don't I? And the away win or draw comes in at 4-5, to five, which doesn't look too bad to me at all. There's the klaxon. It's loud and clear. Jamie, you can currently get evens for Ivan Tony to earn a ticket on the England World Cup flight. Goals at the weekend may bring that price down further, but would you take it right now? Yeah, well, look, I mean, you look at that last international break and he did manage to get the call-up, but uh, we didn't get to see him feature. So that obviously wasn't ideal. But I think the main thing for him at the moment is there's no real kind of standout other English strikers to kind of come in as that Harry came back up. So um, at the moment, he does look virtually nailed on. I think you just have to kind of look at his form as well. It's been so impressive in the Premier League, obviously doing it for a a, a fairly average Brentford side as well. Um, So um, I think between now and and the World Cup as well, you can certainly see him adding to that tally. And obviously that will will only increase his chances. So uh, yeah, I, I really do believe that Tony will be going to the World Cup. Well, let's have a look. At the time of recording, he's third in the Premier League goal-scoring charts with eight goals. It's only Haaland and Kane that are ahead of him. He's ice-cold from 12 yards, which, when you look at England's penalties, and are really important in a, any international tournament. So that's going to be a key factor in terms of squad selection. You look at the rivals that are in the mix, Ollie Watkins, Patrick Bamford, even Dominic Calvert-Lewin. None of them have really set the Premier League alight this season, so Tony's got the nudge over those. The only thing that might concern this from a betting point of view is Gareth Southgate's preference for his favourites, so to speak. You know, he likes the loyalty of players that he's already worked with. So although Tony did get into the squad, as Jamie said, he didn't get the minutes that we were probably all hoping for. But when you're scoring that many goals, it would almost be criminal to leave him behind. So I feel at evens, it's just the right balance between risk and reward. And if he does score more goals in midweek, at the weekend, that price is only going to tumble. So if you're going to get on it, I'd get on it right now. Now, James, Monday night sees West Ham play host to Bournemouth, and before their trip to Liverpool, there have been under 2.5 goals in eight of their last 10 league outings. Is it going to be something similar at the start of next week? Yeah, I don't see many goals in this one either. Bournemouth, remarkably, at the time of recording, are unbeaten since shipping nine against Liverpool in late August, while West Ham themselves have picked up some handy points of their own. The Hammers, though, 
while we're at it, haven't been great at home defensively. Just one clean sheet in the last 10 at the London Stadium. While Bournemouth's last shutout on the road came against Blackburn at the back end of their championship season in April. I do still think this falls just short in the unders-overs market. Both sides are improving and clean sheet surely beckons for one of them sooner rather than later. So unders gets the vote at even money. Now, Jamie, Bournemouth play host to Southampton in a local derby on Wednesday night. How do you reckon they will fare in the capital? Are they good for at least a point? Or do you like the West Ham win at odds of 8-15? to 15? Yeah, well, uh, on the night of recording, um, I, obviously, I do think that they will get something from uh, that Southampton game. Um, I think uh, a draw seems pretty much nailed on. Even a win, would, would you'd certainly have to look at that as well. So, obviously, I do think they'll extend their undefeated run there. Um, and it has been really impressive. But... Uh, I think on the weekend, this is maybe where I can see it kind of coming to an end. I think the Hammers, they've won their last two home matches um, in the league and uh, I can see them making it three on Monday. Um, I think although Bournemouth have been really impressive under Gary O'Neill and uh, they have put together that unbeaten run, as I mentioned, uh, I think the Hammers could just be too strong for them here. So I'm leaning towards a West Ham win here. Yeah, I think West Ham have found their momentum now. They had a slow start to the Premier League campaign. Bournemouth will probably keep their unbeaten run going in midweek, something that will add further fuel to Gary O'Neill's attempt to get the job permanently. I feel that's almost a done deal. It'll be very cruel for him not to get the job after such a good run, but who knows how these new owners think. But I do feel that we'll fall short at the London Stadium, so all good runs have to come to an end. But when you look at Bournemouth, where they are now, compared to where they were under Scott Parker, it's night and day, isn't it? Almost just a change of any kind has given them revitalisation, and they're not really a team in crisis, they're not a team that you think, do you know what, they're going to be nailed on for relegation, they're looking like they could make an honest fist of it. But let's move on because we're going to take a very quick trip around Europe now and James, you're off to La Liga as Real Madrid play host to Sevilla on Saturday. What value can you sniff out from this one? Well, the Andalusians are living up to their name because it's been a pretty severe start for the visitors. They lie 14th in La Liga thanks to just two wins in their opening 10 games. It's amazing how your form can dip when you sell your two centre-halves. And I think Sevilla are feeling the departures of Jules Koundé to Barcelona and Diego Carlos to Aston Villa. If you're having an acker on Sunday, then 49 is good enough price for you to include a rail win in there, I think. But if you want a bit more bang, then why not back Karen Benzema to score two or more goals at 10-3? to The Frenchman will surely be on a high, of course, after picking up the Ballon d'Or on Monday. Now, Jamie, pack the passport as you're off to Germany. Union Berlin are four points clear at the top. Would you be backing them to get the better of Bochum as the away win is priced at 19 to 20? Yeah, we obviously saw on the weekend they got that massive win over Dortmund winning 2 0. Um, that means it's now seven wins, two draws, and just one defeat in their, in their first 10 matches. Uh, meanwhile, for Bochum, they're obviously heading to this one rock bottom of the Bundesliga, um, eight defeats in 10 as well. Um, Bochum, they're also the lowest scorers in the league as well. So uh, I think maybe a Union Berlin win to nil here could be the way to go when you get that at uh, nine to four. Fantastic. James, you can add a visit to France this weekend as well. Lille play host to Monaco on Sunday. Surely both teams to score at odds of four to seven is the way to go here. Yeah, you'd certainly think so. Lille have found the net in each of the last 14 games, while Monaco haven't failed to score in Ligue 1 since March. And both teams have scored in four of the last five meetings too. So no surprise to see both teams scoring priced up at that pretty paltry price of four to seven. And as far as the result goes, only a place and two points separate them. So not much between them at the minute. So I'll probably go for the draw here at five to two. Well, Jamie, you touched on it earlier in the show, but for some reason, if someone fast-forwarded all the way to this point, can you just confirm your take on Napoli-Roma this weekend? Yeah, I mean, look, Serie A has been really exciting this year. I think it's just five points separating the the top six, so kind of showing that 
real lots of real quality in, in that league at the moment. And and this game really does seem like kind of the best one of the weekend across Europe. Um, I think it's one that's really close to call. Obviously, as I mentioned, both teams in great form. But Napoli, they go into this one having won all of their last six and, and just looking so impressive at the moment. So, um yeah, difficult one to call, um, obviously, given that it has been played at Roma. But uh, I do think Napoli will make it seven wins in a row uh, on the weekend. And obviously, I went for a 2-1 win for Napoli in this one. And uh, that's the way I think it will go. Lovely stuff. Right, our final bit of business is the odds on threefold. We'll pick a leg each and combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first. I'm going to go to St Mary's Stadium as Southampton play host to Arsenal. The Gunners start the weekend at the top of the table and they will look to stay there. Thankfully, the Saints should provide the ideal opposition for the North London outfit to stay at the top of the table. Although Mikel Arteta's men rode their luck against Leeds, 11-20 is a good enough price for me to back the away win. James, what have you got for me? Yeah, I think Man City has certainties to beat Brighton this weekend. And the win to nil price looks too good to turn down at even money. City have won all the last six home meetings with the Seagulls and have only conceded one goal in that stretch. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to back Barcelona to get back to winning ways. We obviously saw them lose El Clasico uh, on the weekend. But I'm going to go for them to beat uh, Villarreal here. And you get that one to two uh, Villarreal. They're not in the best form at the moment. Just one win in five for them. Um, Barcelona had been in good form uh, prior to that El Clasico. They'd won four in a row. So, yes, I do think they will uh, return to winning ways here. And I'm going to go for a Barcelona win over Villarreal at uh, one to two. Three solid shouts there. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Now, James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. And more importantly, thanks for joining us for 34 episodes, because unfortunately, this is your final one. So on behalf of Jamie and I, it has been a genuine real pleasure working with you these past few months. Cheers, Dan. That's very kind of you, mate. And the feeling is very much mutual. It's always been one of my favourite times of the week to sit down with you boys. And I'll sign out by telling Jamie Brown one last time that Real Madrid are distinctly overrated. And I look forward to enjoying the Odds On podcast as a listener from here on in. Top man. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. And perhaps more importantly, you'll be with me next week. Yeah, well, um, obviously very sad to see James go. I will remind James, obviously, it is 14 Champions Leagues now for Real Madrid. Um, obviously, we did have that show where there was a bit of disagreement. Um, but yes, obviously, very sad to see him go. Um, some very scary analogies at times. Obviously, we've had mention of my underpants, which we, we spoke about before the show. Not sure how he knows about that, but uh, yeah, we move on. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, James, for, for being part of our Wednesday. It's really good fun. Yeah, All right, mate. yeah we will certainly miss you, James. Life goes on, this pod goes on, so if you're a big fan of James, unfortunately he'll be going elsewhere. But that's all us for this week, and with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy, this is the Odds On Podcast, and until next time, goodbye. <laughs>